What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease when you buy kroger brand products you feel like you're winning that's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices in fact we guarantee that you and your family will love how kroger brand products taste or you get your money back so next time you're shopping for the family look for delicious kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning shop now in store or online Kroger, fresh for everyone. I got this feeling that I've been here before. I got this feeling that I've been here before. Welcome to We Know's Parenting. I'm Beth Newell. I'm trapped in my mic, uh, my headphone cords. Oh, sorry guys. My Peter husband. McNerney. My husband, Peter McNerney. I'm just going to put this on the table right now. Okay, so I didn't plan ahead tonight. Tonight we or this this month we cast a bunch of. Uh, story, you're trying to explain parts. that you're you had some drinks tonight. Yes. <laughs> well, not only that. Caveat. One, I had three drinks, so that means I'm plastered uh, comparatively. Because I you hear, I mean, you listen to this podcast. I always say you're gonna hear a, a drink rattling in my hand. That's like the one big drink I have all week. It's crazy going out as a parent and having drinks because you have no sense of what your body can handle anymore. You're just like... I hadn't eaten dinner yet. It was 6 p.m. Yeah, I had you get one a couple beer. drinks in there and you're like, woo, party time. It's like... I was meeting new company members for Story Parts. We just cast and they're meeting everyone. It's exciting. And I'm like trying to be friendly and there's nervous people. Ugh, it hit me faster than ever. And I'm a mess. So Beth is in charge. <laughs> You're such a mess right now. And <laughs> I'm embarrassed. So um, this week, October, mm-hmm. Halloween season heating up. Oh, boy. Those costume seasons heating up. <laughs> Get your costumes in order, everybody. Your clock dr- is ticking. I'm drinking water. Um, I got to say, we have... I have now purchased costumes for Bryn, Maven, and me, and it's only like halfway through October. I was going to say, in our entire relationship, Beth, (laughs) I've never seen you wear a costume. I think Maven has me in the costume spirit, or maybe both of them, but I I, I think it's a real benchmark because the last couple years, it the last few years, it has felt so exhausting to think of the idea of buying a costume for anyone. Like, no matter how cute I could picture it in my head, I was just like, I don't have time to figure out how to make a baby Watson from Sherlock Holmes. Like, you're, you know what um, I mean? Like, you're, I'm sorry, a baby Watson? You're planning to do a baby Watson to your no, adult I just lady mean, Sherlock like, Holmes? There's a lot of cute costumes out there, but there's only so many hours in the day. And I feel like for, I mean, for most of our children's childhood, we've been like kind of a frazzled mess of exhaustion. But getting a costume in 2019 <laughs> could not be easier. You go to Amazon, you Google it, you do it. Well, they both had like simple requests this year too. That kind of helped. 
Bryn's a lemur and yeah. Maven's a princess. Although he keeps trying to jump ship and say he wants to be a robot, but I'm trying to distract him. Because I don't want to buy another costume. Well, you just... I had a few years, you know, probably ages seven through nine, where the costume is a big deal and you really think about it. And my mom took me to Goodwill to, like, buy the materials and to, like, sew a costume. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did a headless man costume that was excellent. We bought a giant suit jacket. um, And he, like, puffed up the shoulders so that it looked like the shoulders were at the top of my head. Uh, and so it looked like a really tall person whose head had been cut off. And then they put these big fake hands on the end of the jacket. So I had like the right-sized hands. And that was the awesomest costume. And it took a long time. And I helped my mom. We sewed it. And I wore that with pride. See, so my family had a complete opposite approach to Halloween, <laughs> which is that we had like we... It would never occur to anyone to think about costumes until, like, the night before Halloween, literally. And we had, like, a bin of random, like, costume odds and ends, but not, like, real costumes. Like, we had... Like, we had a cape, which was, like, a... Like, that was, like, the real... cape. That was, like, the, the... best like thing you could grab in a pinch to like be like this is a costume if a sub sibling Um, grabbed it you were screwed yeah um but then like we had this rubber mask that was supposed to be mark twain (laughs) but you couldn't recognize him it just looked like an old man with white hair where was that purchased and when and why (laughs) i mean probably in my dad's beer drinking days you know i don't know it doesn't make any sense why do we have that One year, my brother bought a Bob Dole mask, which again we were so we were like so strapped for costumes that that was reused several years later. Ironically, like there was just and that was clearly nineteen ninety, not to nineteen ninety six. Um, yeah, I guess if that's the part of the story you're interested in. <laughs> well, it would be insane if you bought a Bob Dole mask in nineteen ninety. I don't remember the years of things. Uh, I um, <laughs> um and we yeah, we we just had we just do that. Uh, I I have not so I loved Halloween and every costume I did until, you know, age twelve, thirteen, when you still went trick or treating but it wasn't cool anymore, but you wanted the candy. The last year I went trick or treating my oldest brother worked for Domino's, so I just put on his Domino's <laughs> shirt and carried his like pizza warmer case. Classic. And I got uh, uh, candy in the pizza warmer, so wow. I carried it. Every single door made the same joke. They're like, "Um, where's my pizza?" <laughs> but every year before that, that I could remember, I made something with my mom. I did one year where my I built a cardboard table. That went around my neck, and then I put a tablecloth over it, and then I put a plate around my neck with a fork and knife, so my head was the a main course. That was really fucking annoying to have. A, a, <laughs> like the proximity of your arms was just yeah. longer than the table. So much of your Halloween costume choice should really take into account mobility, visibility, not and, not having to wash a ton of paint off your face later. And most you, of these <laughs> Halloweens were in Minnesota. The first year we moved there, it snowed on Halloween. Well, so that's it, the funny thing. I feel like Halloween is nice now, but when I was a kid, it was like frigid half the time. Like, it, you know, now global warming. No problem. No problem. Uh, I mean, nothing but a problem, but no problem. Uh, I remember. Hey, let's focus on the positive and just let the world burn, okay? <laughs> um. My mom made me a, uh, a Ghostbusters jacket. She made the patch and sewed it on my shoulder, and I never loved a thing more. Like, in my mind, I was a Ghostbuster for six years. It was probably one or two years. There was a kid in my school who was a Ghostbuster, like, most years, and he That's had the choice. whole, like, ghost-catching thingy. And I didn't have any of those. I just had a backpack. <laughs> but the jacket was great. I just had a cape. Oh, uh, <laughs> you've seen the picture of the year my mom dressed me as a ghost? Um. Yeah, we shouldn't talk about that. Uh, <laughs> well, the, the picture only exists in no, physical I, form. Like, we, so Peter... 
You were a ghost in a year where like Casper was very popular and people had a different idea of ghosts, which is that. <laughs> I mean, it was a classic ghost costume. It was a it was classic a ghost costume. You just, see where this is going. It was a sheet over my head. It was a pointy headed white ghost costume. However, my mom, she cut the whole face out. So it was a bed sheet with a pointy corner on top of my head, but the whole face was cut out and my face was painted white. That's where it does feel a little more Casper-esque. It was clearly a ghost, but in <laughs> retrospect, I was like, this is a little kkk Yeah. Yeah. Except you're showing your face. Yeah. You're, I'm you not, a, I'm not ashamed of my blatant <laughs> racism. Uh <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, don't do a racist costume costuming <laughs> this year, guys. It's not. <laughs> uh, not this year. Uh, or it's not. Hmm. Anyway, our kids. How are our kids going? Uh, so Ma- also, the costume binge has led somehow to Maven stealing my lipstick all the time. Oh my god! It's the week of lipstick. She. And it's really cute. So you feel bad, but you're like, "Hey, that's a lot of lipstick." And she sneaks into the bathroom, into the cabinet. Rubs it all over her face. She looks like Joaquin Phoenix. No effort to find a mirror at any point in the process. She's just, she's like, she knows where her lips are and she's like, it's going around there. I look great. <sighs> I would argue she's not super sure about where her lips are. <laughs> she's sure she where knows her she looks mouth great and, and face. that's what matters. <laughs> She's um, like the lipstick is full clown joker. Um, and it's she usually could just one quick happier. smear back and forth. She does. It's like a just a swipe, and it's like it's honestly very expressive. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, lipstick <laughs> is really hard to get off of. Not lips. <laughs> yeah. Well, skin. Oh, her face is red. It's been red all week. We were just barely, we just barely clean it off, and it would start to fade, and then she'd find another tube of lipstick, like completely. Where are these lipsticks? I don't know. We anyway, I'm, you know, it. she's inspiring me though because I have been thinking about getting more into lipstick, and I feel like she's correct that it looks incredible on us. It looks incredible on all of us, frankly. <laughs> it's true. Um, she feels beautiful. So I also wanted to say. Our kids have been insane this week. Like, mm-hmm. they're really, t- it seems like they're tired all the time, but it's just because we pick them up at 5.30, 6, and then we're like. Yeah, it's the worst time. They're just the so angry and hungry <laughs> and tired, and they're they're just so ridiculous. Bryn was being insane today, and he's doing what honestly feels like just a cruel metaphor for the patriarchy, where <laughs> I... Like, I'll tell him to be polite to Maven. I, I think I have a video of this, actually. But he was like, he keeps trying to turn it on me as if he's the boss. And he's like, oh, you're, yeah. he's like, you're not being polite. You're not talking to me nice when I'm, like, telling him not to do things. And he's like, hey, you need to be more nice to me. And I, like, when he does that, one, I'm like, don't you turn this around on me. <laughs> But in his worst moments, I see my own worst moments <laughs> where I'm like, it feels like I'm, I'm talking to you. you. It feels like I'm talking to you. And he's like, this is not the real issue. <laughs> the real issue is something I'm justifying as I speak. You're like, you can be mad about this, but you're not supposed to tell me about it. Uh, <laughs> Can't you be upset politely? Can't you bring some humility <laughs> to your anger? Uh, uh, I love men, <laughs> and you do. He, Beth, Beth, secret, why do I the love these men? Is, why do I do. always end up with these men? Um, you chose us, <laughs> so that's he, what all the all the lady birds they choose. They choose. That's why all the 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 men men birds they got the pretty feathers because they're constantly auditioning. Yeah, you guys are. You're just. <laughs> You were just on the phone with your mom talking to her about like your birthday and stuff. And it was like, I was like, it it does feel like Bryn talking to me. Like you're like, just you're, you're like, hey mom. I love you. Guess what I'm up to. Oh yeah. There's very few people in this world I can just brag to. She loves it. And my mom is one and I feel (laughs) safe and I love you mom. And I love you forever. (laughs) Cause I could brag. I brag to my dad too. 
Yeah, I mean, you brag to everyone, but you have a little a special something with your mom. Well, with everybody else, I brag to them, and then I make fun of myself to undercut it because <laughs> then I feel. Uh, and with your ashamed. mom, you're like, and moving on, mom. I'm killing a spider right now on no. the wall. Are you proud of me? Um, for killing a spider, Beth. It was a humongous moth. Oh, it was a moth. Yeah, it was like as big as your head, and then you're welcome. Oh my god, thank you. You're welcome. It was here this morning. I, I lost it, and I was like, "Fuck, Beth, better not find that because she's gonna be upset and stressed." Well, luckily, I found no. It again I saw her. another dead moth this week. So when the, when they come in pairs like that, it to me, it just bad. starts to feel like a sign, and then I start I stop feeling anxious about what the animal was. And you start feeling anxious about what it means. Yeah, I'm like, I gotta go look up this animal. Well, meaning. I found it and I crushed it. Moth is flight, so thoughts, communication, maybe, and. None of this is relevant um, because I took care of it. It's a nighttime creature, so could be related to nighttime inspiration, something but like that. But it's drawn to the light. It's Yeah, so it guides but it's us, drawn to the light. Exactly. It guides us to the positive. It's true. It li- so much of um, the I spiritual meaning of animals is actually just like observing what they do and being like, well, maybe this, is, this animal crawls and <laughs> like... A grasshopper leaps. Maybe this is a moment of opportunity, or you have to make some sort of like. It's just, it's just studying. Metaphorically, I can a hundred percent get behind this because you can watch any animal and figure out like what are, what's their motivating force. Yeah, I can get behind that because it's not that much different. I like it because it's like it feels like they're visiting us. Like you're like, oh hey, thanks for the message. But really, what the moth is thinking is, how the fuck do I get out of this room? Where am I? The light is on always. I don't know which way to go. I'm dead. But I like the first version better. <laughs> so Brynn yeah. had his second week of skating lessons. Yeah, he did. We slept in on Sunday. Oh, man. So I have a cold. I don't know if you can tell. I just recorded 10 episodes of the Story Prize podcast. So my character will be have a cold for 10 episodes. It's not important. Um but I slept in till... Did you weave it into the character? Didn't acknowledge it. And it's going to change within the episode. How brave I'm of you. I'm going to have a cold. I'm going to not have a cold. <laughs> Story of Hearts podcast season three premieres this Thursday. I think why part of why people like our podcast is because you sort of get filled in on the backstory of the Story Pirates podcast. Like, it really like, is what, like... I understand what Peter the character was going through in this moment, but I <laughs> wonder what Peter the person was experiencing that There's day. no difference. <laughs> that character is 100% me. A complete idiot who only snacks. <laughs> Behind the scenes, only on this podcast. It's like the HBO. Stay tuned after the episode <laughs> for We Know's Parenting. Behind the episode. Um, we haven't talked about story parts in a while. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check it out. It's a really, it's the best check kids podcast. Your kids will love it. No joke. Um, we had a skating last thing. I slept in till 10 of 13. Yeah. Well, I woke up earlier that morning to... Change all of Bryn's clothes because he had peed through his diaper and he was soaking wet and then wipe him down and then try to crawl back to bed as quickly as possible before my eyes adjusted and thought I was awake. <laughs> That's always the trick is like, I got to get out and get them a thing or help them, but I don't want to really wake up. So yeah. I'm keep my eyes closed. I do like, I do it squinting. Like I'm like, you're still asleep. You're still asleep. You're going to go back to sleep. It's going to be okay. You're still asleep. B- because if you, if, yeah, it's just, then you just can't fall asleep. Um, But I... I had to do that, and then I climbed back into bed, and then we slept till 10. Did you give him a drink before bed? Mm, you were home with him that night. Nope, Saturday night. Yeah, he had skating lessons on Sunday morning. You're right. I did not give him drinks tonight, so I can't blame you for this. He just sometimes is hydrated, and he pees a lot because he's a huge boy who shouldn't Who's be peeing. Sh- okay, he's five. <laughs> I mean, a lot of kids are not over this. You know, I the want prob- to start getting into the. It's no very, pull-ups. very possible, knowing us, that we should have upgraded diaper sizes about two years ago. So no, that's not the problem. I don't know. He's a big boy who's got a lot of pee in him. He's got a lot of pee pee. It's going somewhere. <laughs> I'm I'm for let's pick a week where we just cold turkey, wrap that mattress in plastic. And go, no drinks. I just don't want to think about it. I'll do it. We just, it's been easier to not do it. But when we do it by accident, um, when he somehow has underwear, he always pees every time. (laughs) I mean, 
Every morning, that pull-up is full. You want to do an experiment where he wets the bed like every night for five days, and then we're like, oh, I guess he doesn't doesn't have the hormone yet. And it was all for nothing. Let's put it off for a year. Scared and ashamed of it. <laughs> you know what? You're right. I'm in no rush. <laughs> so I slept till ten thirteen, and his skating lessons start at ten fifteen. I had a full thirty seconds of going. Is it worth it? Do I go for it? I can't believe you still went. We went, and it was worth it. <laughs> he was 15 minutes late. Because it's only a half-hour lesson, and you were, like, it was already past the time it had started, and you were still at home. 15 w- minutes late to a 30-minute class. But, but I'll tell you what, he showed you... up late, and the teacher was like, Bryn! And Bryn was like, I am loved! And he was really happy. You love a... to put everything to, like, the very last. I... Typically, my impulse is when I get to the point where I have just enough time to do it, that's when I do it. I'm better than I've ever been at not doing that, but this wasn't that. I, I mean, I was like, there's no way I'm sleeping past nine. <clears throat> I slept till 10, 13. You, um, I just want to give an example. The other day, uh, I had a conference call. I had to be on a phone call, and I just wanted you to take Bryn out to go to a movie, and you had the movie scheduled and everything, and you... <laughs> We're scrambling to get him out the door like two minutes before it's time to leave. And you were loudly shouting as you were hurting him out the door up until like the very last second that the call was supposed to start. It was like... Can I tell you, when your call started, (laughs) we were gone. Right. But literally just shouting like... We got to go. Mommy needs to relax and be comfortable for her call. (laughs) Yeah. It was a lot of... Yeah. Um, Yeah. That went later than I planned. And then yeah. we got to the movie theater, and the movie was a half an hour later than I thought. So I had a half an hour of Bryn being bored of previews. So we watched 25 minutes of the movie, and he said, I want to go home. The first 20 yeah. minutes of Abominable. 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 <laughs> Abominable. Abominable. I hear it's a very good movie from people. And they were like, someone said, like, don't get it confused with all these other, like, snowy creature movies that are out recently. And I appreciate get them confused. I did appreciate this person telling me that because I would never have realized there was multiple. <laughs> I was upset to leave. I was trying to get him to stay and I was like, I'm not going to push it. I don't want him to hate the movie theater, but he's never made it through a whole movie. I've taken him to three movies. This was the least amount of time he stayed. Yeah. Well, <sighs> he loves his couch. You know what I mean? I do, because I do too. That's what he was flipping out at today. He was like, well, he, a million things. He wanted to go out to dinner, and then he wanted to watch TV, and then he wanted to talk incessantly at Maven. <laughs> and that's when he told me I was not being polite. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. We should wrap this up and move on. I'm drunk. Okay, let's... Bye. <laughs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. And now it's time for, do you know what they're saying? This is where we share some some choice quotes <laughs> from the little ones. So Bryn and Maven were in the bath together after vehemently denying that he would ever take a bath. As soon as I started feeling it, Bryn jumped in and had all these dinosaurs and was like, so <laughs> they were talking in character as dinosaurs and like laughing for a long time and like wouldn't get out of the bath, which was fine. Um, but they... <laughs> We're talking to each other, and just as a backstory, for those of you who didn't listen to, I think last week's episode, we've we tried to have a talk, my sister and I, explaining that she w- was not interested in marrying a man because she's gay, and he did not take that well. He really wants to believe that there's rules <laughs> about men and women marrying each other. He's tr- he's trying to wrap his head around this, despite the fact we've mentioned the. Yeah, he's Other had a he's times. had a lesbian aunt since he was born. Um, but anyway, he's he's just trying to understand it. But he says really obnoxious things while he's trying to figure it out. So they were in the bathtub, and uh, they were talking about like marriage for a long time and having the characters get married. And Bryn said, "I have tickets to go to a wedding," <laughs> and <laughs> and then <laughs> I. I started transcribing this as they were talking because they were being so funny and I didn't have time to like get my camera out. Um, and Bryn goes, in dino time, the rules are marry a man if you're a woman, marry a wo- woman if you're a man. <laughs> he, he literally says those rules. In dino um, times. And then, okay, so then later he said, if w- they started talking about like babies or something, I don't know, marriage, babies, et cetera. He said, if a woman... Oh, I think Maven might have asked him how babies are made or something. And he goes, if a woman eats an egg, she doesn't get a baby. But if she puts it in her butt, she gets a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Maven and then Maven goes this is me literally tra- typing as fast as I can to transcribe their exact words. Then Maven said, I just put my I just put an egg in my butt. <laughs> and Brin goes that means when you're a woman, you might marry a man. <laughs> and, and then he goes, are you going to marry a man or a woman? And Maven said, a man. And Bryn said, I'm marrying a woman. And then he goes, Allie, which is his aunt, he goes, Allie wants to marry a woman. She can do that if she wants. <laughs> and then he the said, boy's listening. Yeah, he's, he's processing it. And then he said... If a woman marries a woman, maybe they both get an egg. (laughs) And then Maven said, Maven said, and they're both Beths. There are two Beths, which is very funny because my sister's ex-girlfriend was named Beth. And I think they're also processing that. Um, And Bryn goes, and they both have brown hair, which is true. And then, (laughs) and then Maven says, and they both have boobies. Uh, so yeah, they were, this is the best story. I've ever this is them sort of trying to give like a cliff notes and on all the like reproductive knowledge they've gotten and like marriage knowledge, <laughs> because I think my sister tried to explain this to them, but they still don't understand that like babies and marriage are not a unit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Bryn, Bryn ties his existence to the moment we got married. He's like, you got married and I was born. Yeah, he's like, you fell in love, so you got married and then had me, because that's what you do. In his mind, I think it's the same moment. Well, yeah, the um, reproductive kids' books are like sort of, you know, out of date. They're like from the 70s, so they're (sighs) glossing over a lot of reality. And sometimes I'm like, I wish this was just more graphic. That's how I feel. Yeah. That's totally how I feel because I'm like, just get to the point. And then when they ask questions, you're just like, it's a cervix. It has to expand to squeeze you out. Like, I, you don't have to like. Should we just show them like, <laughs> real pictures of stuff? 
I mean, yeah, as they get a little older, I don't know if it, I think it would be. I've had enough drinks. Let's wake them up. It's okay. I don't Let's, know if they're like quite there yet, uh, no. developmental wise, but like they are. Bryn is like checking out my pubic hair and being like, why do you have that hair there? Oh, because grownups do, older people, women. Like he starts like listing things out. He's like, when exactly is that going to start happening? Why is it happening? Like, He's just curious. These are really good questions. They are really good questions. I'm answering them. I was like, puberty. And he was like, what? And I was like, when you're a teenager. And he was like, and I was trying to explain it. And he was like, I'm going to be a teenager when I'm 17. And like, he just like, he, he makes these big, like declarative statements of trying to plan his future on very limited information. This is what I've said forever. Kids are brilliant. They just don't have enough information. <laughs> They make really great conclusions with with scarce information. He well today he was like he had his nature class after school today. Oh yeah, how did it go? He wouldn't really give me details and he was just being weird about it. I think he was just again processing what happened. Yeah. But he was like he wouldn't give me details and then I was saying he was really dirty and I needed to take a bath because there's like visible dirt on his neck and stuff, which yeah. you know, I'm glad I'm glad he got outside in a different environment. I'm glad he's dirty. I'm glad, but I was like, you do need to take a bath at least like twice a week because you guys, you guys are filthy animals, and at least twice um, a week, and we sometimes don't hit that target. I've here's the rule I've made up in my mind is like bath needs to happen twice a week, otherwise they're just real stinky. But I would say only one of those baths needs to include like a vigorous shampoo. I'm mostly just worried about their stinky bodies and faces, you know. Boy. We're pretty good at balancing uh, jobs at this point. <laughs> that's one I'm still, that's my worst thing. I never put them in the bath. Yeah. You're good at day-to-day. -day. I'm good at almost everything <laughs> else. Exact routine. Ugh, that's You're... one that, if it, was, if it had to happen every night, I'd get good at it. But it doesn't. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Um... That's what our kids said. Um, that's <laughs> literally the funniest thing I've heard in my entire life. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go put an egg oh, in, in my butt. And I remember, so when I was telling Brynn about the, that they had to take a bath, he was, I was, he was saying like, I don't want to go back to the nature place that it's like the nature center. He's like, I don't want to go back because then I get dirty and then I have to take a bath. Like he, but he was just being like performatively angry yeah. and he was like, I want to take the cooking class. And I was like, well, in the cooking class, you'll still get dirty and have to take a bath. And he was like, no. And he was like, it won't. And he kept going, it's bad to get dirty. It's good to get clean. And it like, <laughs> what? he, he what kept is, saying it over and over again. In a a way, point but, of view he's never had before. No, he definitely, like, this is not a thing that's been like hammered in around here. Uh, but he was just in that like performative angry mode that he was just like, he, mm -hmm. get, he makes these huge declarations where you're like, you sound insane. Um, Brent, <laughs> chill out. You sound insane. <laughs> Fucking five-year-old. You don't know. You don't put an egg in your butt. <laughs> that would be devastating. Not if you want to get pregnant. <laughs> you know. um, Every time I explain all of sex to him again, he retains more. I think he's like, I think he's showing a pretty like ev evolving grasp of what's happening. Like he's. He does not understand the difference between a vagina and a butt. Yeah. It's all the same still. And me Which, trying to did say, we talk about him taking a picture of Maven's butt? Oh my god! We have to talk about this. We so, must have talked about this. Last I was week. in the bedroom. I think we did. I was in the bedroom, and like I had just been with the kids. Maven and Brent had both been fully clothed because it was like right after dinner or whatever. All of a sudden, they run in. Maven's completely naked, and Brent is holding the Polaroid camera, and not they're like fully developed yet. Not fully developed yet, and they were like, they're like. We took a picture of Maven's butt. And then they were like, wait, don't look. And then they like, and then the picture developed. And it was the most graphic it was photo. Her, I mean, I don't want to be graphic. It, but was, it was her anus. Right up in there, all of it. Um, Close up. And then you texted it to me. And I was like, <laughs> we need to delete this from the cloud. The, yeah. Yeah, they were really they were giggling so hard though, and I didn't want to shame them about it. I was just like uh, laughing because they were so funny. They were like, 
her butt. And they kept looking at the photo and being like, ah, and like this is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Because I was like, whoa. And they were like, they loved it. You didn't um, have a talk with him about like you shouldn't take pictures of people's private parts. I mean, lightly, but I didn't. I just didn't want to make it a whole thing to be like private parts are bad. Like I just. Yeah, that's the you got to be like. Hey, I'm saying this. This is important, but I'm not going to give you that the artificially stern, angry yeah. thing. I didn't really get into it because I don't feel like this is going to be a super ongoing thing. I mean, right. Maven is. If it happens is, again, we got to have that talk. Maven is sort of lightly into like flashing her butt at lightly? us. This week. Like, it's not. She's been really into it this week, but I think it's a passing phase. I don't. Again, I don't want to make too big a deal out of it. Because then she's just going to want to flash her butt all the time. Every time she falls down and farts and sticks her butt in front of the camera, you laugh hysterically. Because it's funny. I mean, I laugh hysterically inside. But then she then goes, this is good. I'm doing this. Well, because she does. She's so sassy about it. Like she she'll fart and then she'll go. She's body positive. That's for sure. She is. But she's so coy and she'll fart and she'll go, nothing. (laughs) She just like she's like. She, she'll be like, what? It wasn't me. You farted. And she's like really playing it up. And it's so funny. Like she's just so she's ridiculous. She's suddenly like so articulate and such a big kid. She, and today today she's talking about it. She's like, farts are so funny. Like she, and I was like, I get it. You're not wrong. I get it. But you got to start to slowly <laughs> learn to be ashamed of it a little bit, but you still enjoy it. I don't know. Or just like make a career out of it. It's fine. Like it's just make a, <laughs> make a butt career, you know? Yeah, just make a butt career. Put an egg in your butt, you know? I did. Um, I got my first uh, like inser- Instagram sponsorship thing today and it was. Um, what? What does that mean? It was not real. It was like they were like, we'll give you as it like a. Uh, they didn't use the term influencer, but something sim- similar for like, you know, selling, the marketing, whatever. They were like, we'll give you a free pair of leggings if you post on your Instagram and, but you have to pay for shipping. <laughs> and I was like, no, what? I don't want, this is, your, you're making me pay money to do work for you that involves very vulnerable, putting on the tightest pants imaginable and modeling them. And I went to their Instagram page and it was like, all like, the roundest bootied models. Like I was like, I don't know how you guys stumbled upon my page and thought this was like a good fit. Well, that's or, but because every time you post, you go hashtag big booty. <laughs> hashtag big booty mama. That's what I always write. Hashtag big booty mama. <laughs> hey, okay. If you're but gonna... it's part of the fart culture. That okay, I'm... <laughs> Beth, I got it. If you guys are going to review the podcast this week on Apple podcast or or anywhere you listen please do subject line <laughs> hashtag big booty mama that's the subject of your review this yeah. week if nothing it's something i want to be associated with my brand for a very long time okay can i just say um, I, I have more instagram followers than you just a little bit ooh. why aren't i getting the endorsement requests because you don't have that booty I want, what's up with uh, that hashtag big booty daddy <laughs> Actually, listeners, please tag it with hashtag Big Booty Daddy. Do not hashtag Big Booty Mama. The official hashtag for this episode is Big Booty Daddy. Um, the title of this episode is hashtag Big Booty Daddy. The only people I would want stumbling on this podcast while searching for sexual content on the internet is gay men. And I do... <laughs> I do think that that's a good uh, brand match if they accidentally get like a key. You think there's some gay guy out there going to uh, be like, oh, I'm going to search for Big Booty Daddy <laughs> parenting podcast. I'll give there, a listen. He's like, hey, I've been thinking about all these Big Booty Daddies. And meanwhile, I didn't realize I want to start a family and that's have a cl- kids. This- that's a classic gay archetype is the Big Booty Daddy. <laughs> Can't get enough of that big booty daddy. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a very hip hashtag that's being used a lot in the gay community. Very hip, very hippie. <laughs> big hips, big booty daddy. This has been... We're, know, we'll, f- we'll soon find out when this episode gets tagged with that, what <laughs> the big booty daddy online community entails. Okay, listen up by Heart Radio uh, social media <laughs> crew. You our better hashtag Big Booty Daddy and report like, back. Our producers are like, please, could you just say something about schools or nope. 
to school nope. or nope. I don't know. Nope. <laughs> Big booty daddy. <laughs> Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules of Day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. This next segment is called Listeners Want to Knows. It's where we take your questions and comments. All right, ready? This is a slightly lengthy email. I'm going to dive right in. Hi, Beth and Peter. My wife and I both listen to your pod. We identify... That means podcast. Thank you, Beth. That was helpful. We identify to a high degree with a lot of your parenting foibles and marriage interactions that you tend to display on your weekly sessions that you put out online. (laughs) We are also NYC transplants, have two small children. Uh, uh, We all... Had to leave Brooklyn due to finances. I skew artistic while my wife wife is much smarter than me. And all I want in life is her approval and for her to tell me she loves me. You know? Yes, Doug, I do. <laughs> Since I can only speak from the male side of things, I will try and restrict myself from speaking too much for my wife. But I believe that she would say that I have a tendency to run the room and don't listen enough, that I try to f- fix things too often, and that I uh, underappreciate the emotional labor that modern and historical women have carried and do still carry. That I am the very distinction of a fra- that I am the very distinction of a fragile white man. I've always felt that I was an advocate for those whose voices have historically been oppressed, but in the modern political environment with a liberal-minded individual is not not automatically views as an advocate to the disenfranchised, I have struggled with my challenge, uh, changing role in my marriage in my children's lives, in, and in identifying what kind of example I can actually be. I never thought when growing up that I would become the figurative representation of the oppressor to, who, to those who I always felt that I was most closely aligned with throughout my life. Now that I'm a middle-aged white man and not a young goofus of a kid, I have found that I have lost the benefit of the doubt that I received before and have to try even harder to have my intentions known. Also learning that intentions in and of themselves are not functional entities, but often signposts of enlightened ignorance that I now need to actively engage with in order to modernize. It is a massive source of frustration for myself, and perhaps for the first time ever, I can begin to empathize empathize with those that have not been heard. My wife had has also struggled with our attempts to find a new normal because she has uh, worded it on occasions, I'm the, quote-unquote, one of the good ones. We both engage in household activities and share traditionally non-masculine roles within our family as providers, caregivers, cooks, and cleaners. She's obviously much better at these things 
this is known. To bring this into a pod-sized, chewable paragraph for your consideration. (laughs) We're getting to that paragraph? We're in the last paragraph and a half. Okay. (laughs) What conversations have you had or tactics have you employed to realign yourselves as a modern couple, couple, given the friction that these changing roles have sometimes, that these uh, sometimes bring. I really love the conversation that your pod produces and appreciate your efforts in making parenting a relatable and enjoyable experience to those who are daily wrestling with the best ways to be thoughtful, albeit highly imperfect people who have made a small person. Regard, uh, best regards, Douglas. Oh, wow. First of all, I know we sort of made fun of the length of that, but that was very well written and thoughtful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, I like seeing men on the defense these days. I appreciate it. (laughs) I, um, what I appreciate, I appreciate a lot of things about this email and I related to a lot of it, (laughs) but I, I liked that as it went, every statement needed to then be not disclaimed, but reacted to with what may <clears throat> anticipating how things could be reacted to many ways and re and acknowledging that in a way that is a sign of somebody who has clearly been thinking and talking about these things a lot. Well, it's a delicate balance to be thoughtful and not sound like the authority sort of like I'm doing right now. I appreciate that he's being more thoughtful about it. It does feel like there's a shift culturally people are having where they're realizing like, okay, I do need to think about this. And they're mostly having that realization because the women around them are like, hey, I'm no longer going to sit here while you don't think about this. Mm -hmm. So I think women are doing a lot of invisible work to make this happen, it it seems his wife is. And I, I, I do think this stuff trickles out into the world and your relationships with other women in the workplace and stuff where... You do want your husband to be thoughtful about the ways that he interacts with his privilege. And I mean, I think it's like we all have so many ways to come at the privilege thing where we all have privileges and we all have places where we're not privileged. And I think the communication can break down on either side because some people on the privileged side don't want to confront their harsh truths and people on the less privileged side, in my experience, we sometimes get so triggered that what we're saying is not necessarily the most effective way of like building a better future or communicating needs to people about what's happening. Like Mm -hmm. I think you get, and I think it's hard in personal relationships. We have like so much other baggage we're dealing with all the time in terms of like our triggers and it's already heightened and personal. It's, it's already so heightened. And so it's hard. It can be hard to communicate about these things. It can very quickly and easily become an undefendable argument when you tie, if you're talking about the privilege of white men and like a, you're, you're having an argument about one thing that's personal and it's tangible and it's about something that like, literally is, has happened or is happening. And then you try in those moments to tie it to the privilege of a larger category that it can yeah. become not productive and inflamed and hyperbolic well, and then we don't listen. Yeah. From like, I'm sure I have um, as a white woman experienced plenty of times where I got like too defensive on something to be productive with it. And like on the less privileged side, like sometimes I find I get triggered by things where I'm, my brain is so triggered that it's latching onto the wrong information in a way. And it's, so it becomes difficult uh-huh. to communicate cause I'm so angry and like, I'll, I do that too. I'll give you an example of something this week where I was like, wow, I think I've really worked through, some emotions on this because I'm not triggered by this anymore, even though I ha- I'm having the, I'm having the memory of like what would have happened in the past is I went into the kitchen and you had left a tub of peanut butter in the sink after you finished making sandwiches or whatever. And I like it, 
it had so much peanut butter in it from my perspective and the way <laughs> that I was raised to finish things. Like this is something you do with like tubes of toothpaste and stuff. Like, you know, like you'll just buy a new one and then like not use it all. And I know like now in my rational brain, it's like, okay, what is this like 25 cents worth of peanut butter? Like what am I less than that. getting upset about? And I have to like look at the bigger picture and be like, okay, Peter was making lunch for our kids and like trying to get out the door. And I've gotten to a place where I can like have that reaction and be like, okay, like this is not the end of the world. But when you're raised in such a way where like monetary waste feels like the end of the world, like you, your body it has inherited from your ancestors who lived through the depression, this like fear response of like this, we are going to die because you're wasting things. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just, I, I'm so glad you're saying this like because I, boy that would never occur to me yeah my like this is the unintentionally passed down emotional response that people have like people mm-hmm. pass these habits down no, and i, I do it. i see this with people in various communities where it's like the thing they're advocating for is very real and a very difficult part of their lives and like they they very much deserve to be heard but sometimes when people are emotional and maybe less eloquent or less educated than others when they're speaking on the issue, it can start to seem like, I understand why people sometimes are like, wait, what am I being attacked for? Like I didn't do, you know what I mean? I think this is something that you've done incredible work on, which is what you're describing is you have a, a, a habitual, habitual, habitual emotional response to things that was built up over time for a rational reason or is passed I on. Also, it's and not, to be able to have that reaction and then take a breath and then apply logic to it and realize like, oh, you're you're having an emotional reaction about a, a teaspoon of peanut butter. And like let that go is not a small thing. Yeah, but I think there's also like there's work to be done on both sides of these conversations because mm-hmm. I think like it's not crazy to want to save money and not just be like bleeding resources from your house on like a lot of little you know what I mean like it's not like there are things where it's like I'll I'll come in on a 75 degree day and you have the AC on and it's like freezing in our home and it's like it just feels so triggering because one I don't like being in cold rooms and it's like a beautiful temperate day outside and two it's just like it feels like such a waste like the I don't I don't think the complaint is necessarily completely irrational it's just that sometimes the fear response of things makes you complain about them in a way that feels irrational right this is a great example of where like that reaction makes sense coming into that moment but the reality of that moment is two hours ago, it was 83 degrees and unbearable in here. And the AC went on and I haven't thought about it since then. So being able to go like, oh, I'm having an emotional reaction to this moment. Let me take a let me push through that before I react. And then you can see the bigger picture. I do the same thing with you. Like I'll have emotional uh, quick reactions to things especially when I feel like I'm being attacked, I'll get defensive and I'll just, I'll start defending a thing before I believe what I'm saying. And I'm just like, well, no, cause I couldn't possibly be wrong. Well, yeah, you get triggered by being called out on anything yeah. like you, and then you get defensive and then I get so much more annoyed than if you had been like, oh, sorry, I'll try to work on that. But instead, you start telling me that my reality is wrong and like gaslighting me and that and saying like, it's not a real issue. You come at it from like 10 different angles of explaining why it's not an issue in any way. And then I feel so much more insane than I did at the start of the argument. We have just described, I think both of us brought our own faults to this in a way that perfectly illustrates when they both happen, it's a worst case scenario. <laughs> you walk into a thing and react to it emotionally before you've like considered that there's a reasonable explanation for I this. I don't always Not always, do not always. This is us at our worst. When you do that, I will then, of course, just start 
swinging away to defend myself. But you're and acting, then both these okay. things but a- now you're characterizing it as though like I'm just reacting to that one thing and not like a pattern of behavior. Well, this is where it gets tricky because I don't want to generalize. I'm saying worst case scenario when you're not like I'm not picking these things at random. Like you know that you know these are certain things that give me anxiety. Sure. I mean, when I get really annoyed is when I'm like how could I, can you not see that this is reasonable that I would make this mistake? But see, this is, this is the dangerous place we're in right now. This is a very dangerous place (laughs) where we can start to say things that are of course true for many examples, but not defendable as an absolute truth. It's that there are plenty of instances where this is true, but not always. We're all, coming at the world a little crazy. It is very Uh, hard to learn about yourself. Honestly, the number one thing that has taught me more about myself, not number one, that's hyperbolic, is this podcast. It's very hard to unlearn privilege because it's so woven into the fabric of our reality in this country. Like, it's so deeply embedded like that it's by design that we as like white people or whoever don't see it in front you know what I mean <laughs> so it, it's like to to feel it we we it, it's just feels so far into us that we're like we don't want to go there but it's very we're totally important. driven by our emotions and so many of our impulses are tied to these emotional realities and so you have an emotional reaction and your logic and your and your information follows that to justify the direction that your emotions are pointing you. So be able to retrain your impulses and your knowledge base yeah, is but to I be able to acknowledge that emotional spend, reaction. I don't want to spend too much time on that part of the conversation. That was just like a side note. Yeah. Like the bigger thing is that these privileges are real. These are not all illusions in our head. These are people are having real experiences that are difficult when it comes like when what what he described in his email of all the things that his wife is trying to communicate to him about their Mm -hmm. relationship and stuff like you have gotten a lot better as a partner and a parent and helping out with the manual and emotional labor of raising children but it's not like i didn't fight tooth and nail to get you there oh a hundred percent it's totally selfish on my end and there's a version of it where I love to congratulate myself very, I was going to say quietly, but sometimes very not quietly. And the the biggest turning point in our relationship from my point of view was the day I, I said to myself that I am just going to do everything. I'm going to do, I'm going to take care of everything. And I'll be honest it came from a very spiteful place. <laughs> it came from, I'm going to do everything so you have nothing to fucking complain about and I'm going to be better <laughs> than you. Ironically, that's what you were trying to get me to do. <laughs> Rightfully, because you were doing more. Well, and because you need to understand what the load is like. like. And I didn't understand until I had come close to accomplishing that. And... <laughs> and realizing it took that much for me to realize if I feel like I'm doing everything, I'm actually closer to, I'm actually just actually taking care of my half. Yeah. Well, someone said like in a, in an equal partnership, both parties feel like they're doing 60% of the work. Like that's what it feels like. But you have. I think that's generous. It should be 70. <laughs> you should feel like you're doing 70. But you, every step of the way you've been like, I don't need to do the dishes. I did the dishes like a few days ago or whatever. And then you've slowly evolved to someone who like is very aware of the dishes all the time as a thing that needs to get done. But then you'll, you'll get on a high horse about it. Like as if you do everything. And then I have to point out like all the 10 million other things that have to be done. And you're slowly, you've gotten to a much more equal place with that. Yeah. I feel great about it. And (laughs) now it's, it is no longer, it took a while of me being like, see, Beth, I dare you <laughs> to criticize me. I'm a hero. <laughs> it took that to be like, 
Oh, I'm really glad Beth's around. Well, she's and you... really helping in a lot of things. She's giving them baths. She's thinking of things. She's gotten them Halloween costumes. And we we do different things, but it feels like an equal load. And I love you more, and I'm happier well, about it. And I would say on the average week, there's more than one instance, like the peanut butter, where I'm like, why the hell did he do this thing that is so illogical? And then but, I by the way, get over it because you're doing a lot of other things. Well, it's good. Also... It is insane to think you could get any more peanut butter out of that jar. Do you want to give up me to give other examples of things he'd done? <laughs> no. <laughs> there yeah. was so much peanut butter in it, and I took a picture, and we will make it. You took a picture of a jar of peanut butter that was full of water and had been soaking because no. that was the only way to clean it out. <laughs> it had so much peanut butter in there. I took a picture Beth. to show my friends. Beth, trying to get more peanut butter out of this is... You, you have to be insane. Okay, you are literally gaslighting me about the peanut butter. I have a photograph. There. Wait, wait, did you take a photograph when it was full of water? No. Okay, all right. Then we might just have different views on how much is usable peanut butter. We do. Well, what's <laughs> funny is I, I, I had I took, got all the peanut butter out of it I could, and then I went and got the other peanut butter to finish the sandwich. So it wasn't laziness. I was like, I can't get enough peanut butter out of this. Okay. Well, I was giving it as an example of something I didn't bring up because I decided, you know what? That's a lot of peanut butter, but I'm going to move on with my life because he made our kids lunches. I told myself, don't defend yourself. (coughs) You're missing the point. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Doug, you're doing great. You're asking the right questions. You're doing fine. I think the most important thing I would say as a takeaway of privilege discussions is... Having these discussions is always going to be hard and feel difficult. And like the fact that you're feeling discomfort around having those conversations means that you guys are in a good place because it means you're making progress and trying to see your way around this. Like the other alternative would just be that you were like, my wife's crazy. Oh man, she keeps, she's crazy. And then like two years later, she finally files for a divorce and it's just like, oh my God, this guy never tried you know like he i don't think we're all coming at this with a lot of uh baggage of our privilege and our inherited privilege and like it doesn't you don't undo that in a day you know everyone can be as long as you're working on it you're trying like you'll get there it's no no one's gonna be perfect in this lifetime you know what i also realized this is the last thing i'll say is that you know, you try to achieve this balance of you split everything, but that's not how it works out. You oh, Hopefully the overall load is equal, but you have your strengths and you should complement each other in a way that's like, again, so long as you feel both feel like you're doing 70%, uh, it's okay if the duties are different. Um, but ultimately, so long as the conversation continues... And you're open to it. The more you talk about it, the less of a big deal it is to talk about it. And you can learn more and grow more step by step because you're not going to fix everything in one conversation ever. Yeah. And not everyone's, you know, arrangement has to be identical. No, not at all. Yeah. Well, this has been another episode of We Know's Parenting and I loved it. I had a great time. And maybe it was the drinks. Maybe it was. You're out of control. You're so drunk right now. If you want to reach out, you can email us at weknowspod at gmail.com. If you would like to submit a question, share a story, give some advice, or a parenting hypothetical for the Would You Know segment, you can email us at weknowspod at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 347-384-7396. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and weknowspod. And please leave us a review and a rating. And please let the subject line of that review be hashtag Big Booty Daddy. Don't explain why. Just write that. You know what? Do what you want. We love you. We love you all. Let's be friends. Bye. That's it. Bye. Bye. 
tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.